0: You're listening to the She is Fierce radio show. She is Fierce connects women to each other and their dreams. You'll meet incredible women who all have one thing in common. They took a leap. They've got passion. They're on a mission. They're doing exciting and rewarding things. And they want to help you take your big leap. And now your host, She is Fierce founder, Kelly Youngs. Welcome to the She is Fierce show presented by Bozard Ford Lincoln. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She is Fierce. Today, we are talking with a woman who is a very special part of the She is Fierce community. She's the Vice President of Community Involvement and Customer Advancement at Bozard Ford Lincoln in St. Augustine, Florida. She is Fierce's hometown. Letty is also the mom of two girls, a 20-year-old and a 10-year-old, and a crazy active member of her community who supports every cause you can think of and does it with style. I am so excited to bring Letty on the show because her support has been integral to the growth of our new live monthly networking events, our Women's Women's Wednesday Speaker Series, and all of the other great things that we're doing with She is Fierce. Her dynamic spirit and passion for highlighting and supporting other women has helped bring She is Fierce to the next level. So, Letty, let's start by putting your company in perspective for listeners who aren't from North Florida or somehow haven't heard of you if they are from (laughs) North Florida. Now, Bozard wins national sales awards every single year and has repeatedly won awards from Ford as the dealership in the country with the highest level of employee satisfaction.
1: Now, that is a really big deal. And that's really what you do and what you are all about, right? It is. It's it's an integral part of what I do. It's kind of, you know, the bigger scope of what I do. But that's been a journey to find my way to that role. Um, I definitely, I've been at the dealership full time for about 14 or 15 years. Wow. Um, obviously, I grew up in that business as a kid or whatever. But as a full time working employee of the dealership, I've been there for about 15 years. And I've done everything from administrative stuff to finance and the sales department and and all kind of bounced around all around um, as we've built processes and and kind of created the dealership experience that we have today. But for the last five years or so, that is kind of where I've landed is in customer strategy. That's, you know, community involvement and customer strategy. So there's two totally different things, but they also play together really well mm-hmm. at, at our dealership. So um, what people can expect when they come in and experience a transaction at our store um, is really important to us and trying to make that how we differentiate ourselves. That's been something that we've been working on for the last five years, like concentrated working on.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things, and and we're going to get a little bit more into your personal story, but I want to just give perspective so that people are listening really get what we're talking about. This is a big business that you are a core leader in. And it's something that you said over 15 years, you have built these amazing sort of systems and you've got all of the structure in place. And now you're taking it to this level where you are so integral to the community that surrounds your business and on a personal level and from a business perspective. And I want to talk a little bit about kind of how that happened. And we'll get to that in a little while. But first, I want to talk a little bit about you and where you come from and, and how you've gotten to where you are. So can you share just a little bit of background with our listeners who don't know
1: you? Well, I'm, I'm raised right here in St. Augustine. You know, I'm a St. Augustine girl at heart, <laughs> for sure. Um, our dealership was founded in the 1949 by my grandparents. So wow. we're a third generation Ford and Lincoln dealership. Uh, family owned the entire time, family operated. Um, and like I mentioned, I've, I've actually been working there for 15 years, but prior to that, I grew up as a kid, as you know, family-owned car dealership, as my brother did. So um, my family is was this interesting group of people that really, really loved this community for each one of their indiv- individual reasons. My grandmother, my grandfather, and my dad, who were the three, you know, my grandparents were the first generation at mm-hmm. the dealership, and my dad the being the second, and then my brother and I being the third, each independently had their own love for this community and their own projects that they got on board with. So... My brother and I really had no choice (laughs) (laughs) but to keep that alive alive, because it was it was taught to us we watched Mm -hmm. it. It wasn't taught to us as in you have to go do this or you're expected. It was taught to us by example. It is what we knew. And we went along with them as kids to go and work on projects and do things. And we saw them, whether it was go to a board meeting or go, you know, with a shovel in their hand to work on a project that they were working on. So uh, we saw all aspects of that. And we really were led by example um, to be part of that. So, um, that's just in our core. It's just in our nature. And I think to kind of circle back to what you were asking about it, kind of, how did we get to where we are with the dealership being such an active member of the community came from wanting to go and find people to get involved at the dealership employees and our team that shared that mindset. Mm-hmm. It's impossible in my opinion, to go create that and then go force it upon people. I think you have to find the people that share the vision and share that same type of core. And then you have a group of great people and you can go take on anything. We just happen to choose to take on, you know, lots of causes in this community because we think it's important Um, and certainly serves a business role. If we support this community, hopefully in turn they support us. So um, that's the business piece. It's super simple. Um, But the other piece is actually creating a team that's Mm like-minded um instead of trying to have a corporate vision that you shove down onto people i just don't think that works um and that that's not what we've done so we have a lot of really great people um a lot of which are from here or at least st john's county area but some not so much we do have employees that live in jacksonville or palm coast and for those uh, folks that aren't from this area that's you know an hour or so surrounding area um we have employees that um are not necessarily from here, but they are the type of people who share that core belief mm-hmm. in being active and being active in their communities. So by being on our team and by working for Bozard Ford, they have the ability to go back into their communities, whether it's a church community or a school community because their kids go to a certain school or whether it's just a geographical neighborhood community. They're able to do work in those Communities in those projects, you know, kind of in line with what we do. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's
0: really and it's cool. something that I think you guys clearly do really well, and it's something that you are so passionate about. But I know you shared in the past that you didn't really even think you were going to go into the family business. So can you share what you thought you were going to do and kind of how that happened?
1: Yeah. So this is one of those parts of the interview where you just have to admit stuff about yourself that maybe you are. That's what this super is all about. Of. Um, I was throughout my teenage years and probably even the better part of the first half of my 20s, completely winging it. (laughs) Like I had no idea. I was not one of those people who had some great plan and knew exactly the direction I was going. That wasn't me. I was taking life as it hit me and twisting and turning and, um, and figuring it out. So Um, I didn't have some big aspiration or draw, you know, to be in the car business. Mm -hmm. And um, I think my brother would also share this sentiment. My dad wasn't one to expect. We we weren't raised, you know, to expect. That you have to go into the business. Yeah, that we were expected to go into the family business or or anything like that. We were supported to kind of become who we are. He was strict. Mm -hmm. We weren't allowed to... You know, we we weren't allowed a lot of leeway in right and wrong, Um, but we were definitely allowed to kind of find our own way. Um, So, me finding my way back, I actually moved away from Saint Augustine for a while, and I kind of found my way back. And honestly, it was just timing. It was absolutely timing, Um, and I am certain that it was me being placed where I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a need. My father had some health issues. Um, I was back here with a lot of education and maybe not a great plan. <laughs> um, I had gotten my MBA, really honest to God, as an attempt to let my dad just let me stay in school. Mm-hmm. I, hey, like, I respect yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, hey, well, at least I'm not being a total bum. Like, I got a master's degree. And yeah. he was like, cool, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> um, so I know for sure at the time I was just prolonging my education mm-hmm. um, my or my non-working life, I should say, not necessarily my education, but Um, you know, I came back with a good education and um, some good life experience. And uh, there was a time that there was a need, you know, so um, I got in the business because of figuring out what I had learned from my family, what I felt about this community having been gone and come back. um, And seeing an opportunity for myself to follow in their footsteps. I didn't get involved in this business because I'm a big car person. Um, (laughs) Everyone at work kind of laughs at me because I'm like, I I don't care what I draw. You know, I'm I'm really not a car person per se. I'm a people person for sure. Yeah, but
0: I think that, I mean, that is just so um, clear that your talent is people. It's connection. It's about creating connections within the community. And it's a talent that just like you said, just like having an MBA, that's phenomenally important when you're running a business. But even more important is the ability to actually connect with people and get them excited about your product. Because just like you said, there are many different kinds of cars. But people, I think because of your nature and the nature of some of the people that work with you, are attracted to purchasing those cars, particularly because of those real connections that you've created.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I found, you know, once I was back and, and started in the business for the first couple of years, I really was just having to learn the business itself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, it didn't take too terribly long for me to figure out that. Even though maybe I wasn't going to be driven by the passion of the cars themselves, I definitely was going to be driven by the passion of um, the challenges in in the automobile world. Mm -hmm. So I say I'm not a car person, but I am definitely an automobile business person. Um, I love that industry. Um, I think it's really exciting to get to be part of a time. If you take the last 15 years, 20 years in the car business, a lot of change has happened. Um, from the days of hiding numbers under pieces of paper yeah. <laughs> to now the internet make, you know, pretty much mm-hmm. make sure that consumer awareness is a hundred percent and, and, um, all the changes in processes that, that needed to happen in that industry. Um, because nothing's changed about the fact people need cars, mm-hmm. but a lot has changed about how you buy cars. Yeah. Um, so the challenge, the inherent challenges of the industry itself have become something I am super passionate about. Um, And it's been fun. It's been fun to take on that challenge to try to take the automobile buying experience or servicing experience for that matter, any interaction with a car dealership. To take it and affect change on it, it's mm-hmm. been really, really fun.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, struck me first about you, and that people say, because you obviously come to many of our events, if not all of them, and um, and people say this about you behind your back, <laughs> but um, because we have women led events, I often hear people say like they love the fact that you have this very, you know, you are yourself. You have this very feminine personality. You're out there, but you are also this professional minded person. But you're working in this very male-driven industry. So what is that like for you? Does that impact your day? Or are you just like above it and moving on?
1: I don't think it impacts my day at this point um, because I'm so fortunate to have a team of people, all of those men included, that see the same vision and, and that issue kind of mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem to exist. Um, so I am a big believer that you can kind of barrel through that situation. There's a lot of women who are in male-dominated industries and they have to kind of you know, barrel through. And I, I got that. And maybe for me, there was a little bit of that at the beginning, mm-hmm. having to find my way and make sure that my presence was big enough that I didn't either get overlooked or, or kind of just, you know, hushed a little yeah. or whatever. That's even a little hard for me to even put my, I, I'm imagining that it, it was there. I'm not going to say it wasn't. My dad was so supportive. I mean, he was this amazing person that didn't, you, you know, that wasn't placed in my mm-hmm. world it wasn't a barrier by him, you. you know, a barrier. Yeah. So, um, to that opportunity. I always tell people I'm forever the most fortunate girl in the world for a lots of different reasons, him being the biggest. Um, But, uh, but I think that it's, we have at our dealership started to break down that barrier within our employees. And we Mm -hmm. have, you know, some female technicians, which is very rare in the car, you know, car business world, car dealership world. Um, We have a handful of very successful car sales people that are female um, and that that's been fun I, I love that you know um, that for me even though I don't necessarily feel like I was faced with a barrier per mm-hmm. se I know that they ha- they have been at yeah. other dealerships or other places that they've worked um, so it's been fun for me to be part of tackling that for them and that's part of that whole strategy whether it's you know we call it customer strategy, but or customer experience, but really, it's about anybody who interacts. It's employee to employee, it's employee to vendor, it's employee to customer, customer mm-hmm. to vendor. I mean, we have so many interactions in the car dealership world, yeah, um, and that's what I focus on is everybody's interactions with each other.
0: yeah, I love that, and that's why when we come back, I want to talk more with you about community and okay. how you get involved and what that means to you. So, we are talking with Letty Bozard of Bozard Ford Lincoln. I'm so excited to talk more with her about why she invests so much time, money, and her heart in the community and what we can all learn from her experiences. If you live in North Florida, come join Letty and me at the live Women's Wednesdays speaker series in St. Augustine at the gorgeous Treasury on the Plaza. It's May 31st and every Wednesday in June. You can get tickets at
1: Women'sWednesdays.com. I'm- This is Letty Bozard, and you're listening to the She is Fierce radio show.
0: Welcome back. I'm Kelly Youngs, and you're listening to the She is Fierce show presented by Bozard Ford Lincoln. We're talking with Letty Bozard from the very same company. Letty is the VP of Community Involvement and Customer Advancement at Bozard, a very busy and important job. Now, she is someone who is known for having this phenomenal level of involvement in the community. And Letty, you do that for personal and professional reasons. Um, I love your take, and we've talked a lot about this, but I love your take on why business owners, professional leaders, and pretty much everyone should really be investing their time, their energy, their marketing dollars, and their passion and their heart in their community. Can you share a little bit about how you got there and your perspective on that?
1: Sure. Um, you know, on the personal side, I I mentioned in the last segment that I grew up seeing people, you know, behave this way in their life. It was part of our family. Um, everybody independently always had a project that they were working on, whether it was for six months or six years. Sometimes my grandfathers tended to be a little longer. (laughs) Um, he took on pretty big projects. Um, but I was always watching that. So I didn't really know much different from, from on, you know, on the personal side, um, on the business side, trying to make it make sense and trying to find balance in it hasn't been easy mm-hmm. because any business owner, this is not specific to car dealerships, but any business owner um, in the community is going to be approached, often a lot of times, by organizations, um, initiatives that are all fantastic. They're, they're very worthy and very need. Oh, course, you know, the need yeah. is there. Um, but as a business owner, you you have to decide um, where your focus is going to be, or how much you can do. We, we, nobody can save everybody, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so it's been a challenge for us to to figure out how we fit in our community vision, you know, with the business side, and it has been an evolving process. Um, where it started was we simply just made a decision one day to take marketing dollars where that we were spending on traditional advertising television radio not that radio stations love to hear that um but um we just made a decision in one year's budget this was about six or seven years ago that we were just going to turn some of that you know actually a good portion of that money um back into community involvement and start to um place our dollars in community initiatives um we did research and looked at other companies that had done that well, mm-hmm. the Publixes of the world and, and and bigger companies. We didn't necessarily look at other car dealerships. We looked outside yeah. of our industry to find other companies that were doing that well and tried to model ourselves a little bit after that. And we did put one limitation on ourselves, and that was because it was a fair amount of money. I mean, I, you know, traditional advertising is, you know, costly. Yeah. I like car businesses, car dealerships spend a lot of money on advertising. Everybody knows that because they see all the commercials. <laughs> um. So in order to make sure we had some sort of check and balance on ourselves, we made a commitment, our, our management team, our executive management team, which was my general manager and my brother and I, um, we made a commitment to ourselves that we would put those dollars back in the community, but we had to be willing to attend. If it was going to be an event that we were sponsoring, we had to go there. Mm-hmm. Or if it was a, um, a fundraiser or just a, a capital campaign, we, we had to personally go and interact with them. And that's where... Um, we kind of got the bang for the buck and we're just talking about the business side of it. Um, there, if it's advertising dollars spent on TV, you're looking for bang for your buck. And if it's advertising dollars spent in community initiatives, you're mm-hmm. still looking for bang for your buck. You still have to have some sort of justification that your dollars are, yeah, absolutely. you know, or giving you return to having com- people come back to your business. Um, and that's how we made sure of that as we personally went, whether it was, we were scooping ice cream at an ice cream show, social mm-hmm. at an elementary school for the PTA, it, you know, if one of us came up and said, this school has asked us to help and we're going to provide the ice cream. The other two of us looked at that one and said, well, are you going to go scoop ice cream? Because <laughs> we're not just going to have them tell.
0: Yeah. It's Element. not about it's, just putting your yeah, name, it's not on just something. putting your
1: name on something. So we got away from that concept of just name on the sign on the side of a football field mm-hmm. or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we, we made a decision to go physically into the community, kind of grassroots um, and getting out there and, um, and we had three people that were good at it and, and enjoyed it and, you know, all of that. So that was really where it started um, because it made you feel good at night where your dollars were going, yeah. you know, um, and we could have that personal conviction and also have the dollars from our business be supporting that personal conviction and having a return. So it was mm-hmm. a great, you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone. That over the years has evolved and most recently our, our newest initiative um, in the last year or two that we've really been focusing on is how to get our employees. We have 175, give or, you know, plus or minus a couple yeah. um, employees at our dealership because we also have a, an offsite quick lane. So we have about 35 people that work over there, um, which is a, you know, um, yeah, it's quick, a lot of quick people. service. Yeah. So we have a lot of employees and that's been our focus the last year or two is to develop ways where it's not just, Jeff and Bo and I Mm -hmm. going out, but um, finding the things that our employees are passionate about and having the dealership be a resource and a support system for them. Mm. um, Because what's better than 175 people going out there and scooping ice cream, you know? Um, And and that's how you make relationships. You, You know, I've always been a believer that I'd rather have 100 people sit and talk with me, mm-hmm. then have a 100,000 people see my name on the sign at football stadium. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I, I can't I can't engage with those 100,000 people. And all I can do is hope that when they see that sign, that something positive registers. Mm-hmm. If it's a 100 people in a room with me like out a Women's Wednesday or yeah, something yeah. like that, it's almost invaluable because I can assure what I give. Mm-hmm. I, I can make sure I bring my best and I can share our story and our plans and our business for that matter. Yeah. Um, so I have some, some assurance of what I'm getting back from those dollars.
0: Yeah. So um, clearly it's working for you, right? And is we working. love it. <laughs> it is working. So we have so many, and you know this, we have so many female entrepreneurs in our community and that are listening right now. And I want to ask you to share a little bit of what you shared at one of our networking meetups about kind of, you know, you gave your perspective from the, from your business But what is your advice to those women who are listening who are like, yep, I'm, you know, I'm a a one woman startup and I do have a marketing budget, but wouldn't it be smarter to just buy an ad or wouldn't it be smarter to, you know, follow this traditional formula? Because I love that you kind of, you looked at what you were doing, you said, here's what works, here's what we can make better, you know, and, and really thought strategically about how to get involved in the community. How do you think... People who are maybe don't have 175 employees, but do have a presence and
1: are really trying to make themselves known can do the same thing. Well, I think it. I think it comes back to the engagement. I'm I'm at a point now where I'm trying to get 175 people to go engage, mm-hmm. but one person can go engage, and that's how we started. Like yep. I said, for us it was three, but still, um, one person can go engage, um, and there's so much value in creating a relationship with someone outside of just the business transaction that you're trying to have with them Mm -hmm. because that person how how you make someone feel how you impact them and how you engage with them emotionally goes so much further with all with everything with traditional word of mouth Mm -hmm. and 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 their willingness to go and be an advocate for your company I mean that's invaluable you don't you do not create that in traditional advertising, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. You know? um, so that's the reach the masses. And and sometimes that's necessary. We still do it. I, I always, it's funny. I feel like I'll get a little on a soapbox about the community stuff. I'm, we still do radio and television, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, we just found a good balance for us um, in that. So I, I think one person can go and engage. And I think it's finding something that you're doing that you are passionate about Mm -hmm. is the starting point. Um, I, my personal opinion is to go and plant yourself into multiple business networking groups Mm -hmm. just for networking. I I don't know. It's, you know, now if there's one great one and you feel like you really get an engagement out of it, then that's awesome. But there's kind of that mentality. I'm just going to go put myself out there everywhere I can put myself out there. I don't personally feel like there's as much value in that as finding one or two places at the beginning that you can go and truly make an impact and truly engage with other people. And if that's a group of 15 people, but you've truly engaged with those 15 people, the network of those 15 people is is bigger yeah. you know, than oh what you gosh, may yes. think about.
0: Well, I think you probably heard this before, but I'm always banging on about that, that we have these networking meetups, but it's not about going and showing your business card. It's about showing who you are and telling people, hey, here's how I can actually help you. And that's a way of creating real connection. And just like you said, I think, you know, I mean, many women who are a part of our community will know. But what happens in those live meetups, just like you do for your business, Letty, is people get connected. Then suddenly they have a business collaboration or they've just found a new friend or they get offered a job. And it's not because they're saying, hey, here's a service you can buy from me or here's why you should hire me. It's because they're saying, hey, here's who I am. And being really genuine about it. And I think you do that kind of on a different scale, which is a great example of
1: how, you know, people who are listening can kind of build that and grow it over time. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key to it is trying to remain focused on the big picture, which for us and for a lot of businesses is more so building loyalty rather than building the first transaction. Mm-hmm. So back to the smaller scale, if you're one kind of a one man band, one woman band, um, and you can go out and build loyalty with 15 people or 50 people or, what you know, whatever your access is, depending upon what it is you're getting involved in. Um, that may not, you know, whereas traditional advertising or, or other ways to kind of get yourself out there may create more than 15 individual transactions, mm-hmm. um, It's hard, but it's important to keep your eye on what we're trying to I'm trying to get their lifetime transactions. I'm not trying to just get the first one. So I'm willing to do the work on the front end to build the relationship to get all the transactions Mm -hmm. and get the loyalty.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I just I love it. I want to end it there because I think that is such a great point. And it is it's not even just about building loyalty with one person. It's about building that sense of community and having that person go out and say, here's what. I love about that individual who represents that business. So um, when we come back, we are going to be talking more with Letty Bozard of Bozard Ford Lincoln. And I'm going to ask her a little bit about motherhood. And we're going to try to decide if balance is a real thing. (laughs) So stay tuned. (laughs) If you live in North Florida, come join Letty and me live at the Women's Wednesday Speaker Series at the gorgeous Treasury on the Plaza you can meet Letty in person, and you'll get a chance to hear our incredible speakers this year Sabine Parawise, Lisa Brennick-Meyer, Kristen Keen, Shannon Miller, and Melanie Lawson. You can get tickets and join us on May 31st and every Wednesday in June at Women'sWednesdays.com.
1: This is Letty Bozard, and this is a quick reminder to not sweat the small stuff.
0: Welcome back. I'm Kelly Youngs, and you're listening to the She is Fierce show presented by Bozard Ford Lincoln. We are talking with Letty Bozard, the VP of Community Involvement and Customer Advancement at our North Florida title partner, Bozard Ford Lincoln. So, Letty, we've talked about your professional roles and your perspectives and why you're so passionate about connection and community. But now I want to ask you about something a little bit more personal. And um, it's something I know you are also incredibly passionate about, and that's motherhood. So you're the mom of two girls, a almost 20-year-old and a 10-year-old, and you're living every day as the mom of a grade schooler and a college student. So what is that like?
1: It's fun. It's fun. (laughs) We, you know, I have a little bit of experience. My brother and I, obviously, we're not same, you know, we're not both girls or both boys, but um, we're 12 years apart. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in that same situation. I'm 12 years older than him. So my girls are 10 years apart, and um so I, I think it's fun. I mean, I do look at some moms sometimes and I'm like, like especially the moms, my friend my mom friends that mm-hmm. are moms of my older daughter's age. I'm like, Well, they're done. You know? <laughs> they can lot. Yeah, I have to go back to elementary school tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's fun. They have they're two totally different personalities and I have manage to figure out how to switch gears literally within the same conversation Mm -hmm. to go from 19 to 10 (laughs) um pretty quickly you know if we all have to go to the grocery store together which i try to minimize that but if we end up in this if we all end up at target together i'm literally like talking to one and then brain switch to the other Mm -hmm. mentality Mm -hmm. um but it's fun i i love um Being a part of both of their of their journeys, yeah. Um, I you know one I had in my early twenties and one I had in my early thirties, totally different momhoods Mm -hmm. as well. So different kids, and they're you know living their their lives you know in their different time frames. But um, you're a different mom at twenty two than you are at thirty (laughs) two.
0: Yeah. Well, and we you know so we recently were talking about this and and. One of the things that I love most about you is your fun and free attitude towards parenting.
1: (laughs) Winging it. (laughs) That goes back to the winging it. Yes, (laughs) but you know
0: I love that. So I tend to be really like laissez-faire. I'm not very good at structure or schedules. And my husband says I'm an undercover hippie, which I think (laughs) you might be right. But I love that you're an awesome mom. You have these two girls who are great friends who you know you have an amazing relationship with. And you're not bringing all those mom rules and all that like mom shaming and all of that stuff that we – You know, women, especially with younger girls and younger kids, hear a lot about that drama. And I love that you're not bringing that into your life. So first of all, how did you get past that? And second of all, how can other women get past that? Do you have any advice?
1: Um, You know, I think that I was with both of them, even though my oldest, I stayed home with her until she went to elementary school. So I was a stay at home mom. And then when she went into school, I went into the workforce. That's actually when I started at the dealership. And then with my youngest, I've worked the entire time, you Mm -hmm. know, her whole life. And so um, I've had both of those experiences. But even in both of those experiences, I kept myself very busy. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that is the key. And I'm not saying overdue. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to promote that that moms just go and fill their lives like or their kids' lives with, with yeah. schedules and yeah. sporting events and all of that. But I also didn't um, give myself a ton of idle time, so I didn't really have time to mm-hmm. <laughs> wonder much about, you know, what was going on. Um, another thing that I've been super grateful for, and I don't know if I, I – I didn't plan this. I just think I was fortunate. Um, I had a really great group of mom friends, mm-hmm. um, quite a few of which were older than me. Um, and some that were younger than me, but I kind of, I kind of fall in the middle age group of my group of girlfriends. Yeah. And I think the the ones that were 10 years or so older than me, I leaned on them a lot. Mm-hmm. And when maybe I did feel, you know, when I went to the school function or whatever, and I did compare, you know, I, I've told you this story before my kid, I, my kids, <laughs> you know, projects, we learned the information. I I can guarantee you they learned the content, but their posters and display boards, they just weren't the ones that the other kids had. I think that's in my future. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it just that wasn't my strong suit, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And so I would go and there were moments where I felt defeated, you know, or (laughs) Some mom, that you know, like I have my second child doesn't even have a baby book. You
0: mm-hmm. know, neither of my children. Yeah, have baby books, and if so that makes you feel better.
1: then you know you see your your friend sometimes even or or another mom that has all of this, and you're you, you almost can't help but compare yourself to it in that moment. But mm-hmm. I think that. Staying busy and having a really good support system helped me from getting stuck in it. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I ever avoided it, but I definitely didn't allow myself to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Um. And I and I knew that the next project, unfortunately, was not going to look any prettier <laughs> than the first one. And I just didn't place that on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew at the end of the day, I had the confidence they learned the content, and that the next project was going to be the next project, and it wasn't. They. Quite frankly, they weren't going to remember the stickers we used yeah. on the poster board in second grade. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so, but a lot of that type of stuff came from those older moms that were like, hey, girl, it's going to be okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I so. think that's great advice about,
0: you know, finding connections um, which is, I think sometimes it's very hard to do, right? So it's, it's hard to find those people who are just going to be honest with you and just say, it's okay, you can right. move on. Don't worry okay. about it. <laughs> but once you find that person really sticking to them and forcing them to be your best friend and then, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about balance. So, you know, with she is Fear, somehow, I don't know why people always, um, are asking me for advice about balance and I'm like, I don't know what balance is right for me. I don't know what that is. We ha- I'm super involved in She is Fierce, and I'm super involved with my kids, and I don't do a whole lot of other stuff. So I want to ask you if you have any advice or if you think balance is real. This is a real question for you from me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Huh. I don't know that I have any advice. I will tell you <laughs> that I think balance is real. Okay. I think also... I knew we were going to figure this that out. That <laughs> daily, I'm looking for it. <laughs> Um, And I think some days I feel like, wow, like I got some balance today Mm -hmm. or or I affected balance today. Mm -hmm. I affected my life going toward balance. I definitely have days where at the end of the day I might feel accomplished in tasks, but I Mm -hmm. do not feel like I had good balance. Um, So, yeah, I definitely believe it exists, but I don't I don't have any advice other than. I do think I try every day to be more balanced than I was the day before. I don't think I accomplished that, but I, I do think I try. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't lose sight of it. And I don't let myself let the pile of negative things or, or just life circumstances or whatever. I don't let it pile up to the point that you um, kind of the don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. I definitely try my hardest to, to stay away from that mindset mm-hmm. because I, I feel like, the sweating of the small stuff too much makes balance seem completely not reachable. Yep, you know absolutely. what I mean? Um, so I try to stay clear of that, but I don't think I ever totally have balance. I, I still think at the end of most days, like I winged it, but, but I, maybe I winged it really good today. <laughs> and yeah, and absolutely. Some days absolutely. I was like, man, you were winging it and you did not do well. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, good. You're
0: you giving me hope because I kind of, you know, when people ask me that question, and I I don't know. I get asked that question a lot and I'm like, no, like, I don't know what that is like. So it gives me inspiration to yeah. think that that will
1: come. I think you probably get asked it a lot because that's what most women are, <laughs> you know, in, in search of. What's that thing where it says, you know, Cinderella didn't want the prince; mm-hmm. she wanted to dress in a night off. You know, exactly. I think really we want balance, you yeah. know, because I don't want to dress in a night off. I want balance. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's I don't know, forever elusive. Yeah. But
0: yeah. Okay. So when we're back, we will be talking more with Letty Bozard, and I will be asking her for her final words of wisdom before our Women's Wednesdays events. So if you live in North Florida, join Letty and me at the live Women's Wednesdays speaker series at the gorgeous Treasury on the Plaza in St. Augustine. You can get tickets at Women'sWednesdays.com, and the events start on May 31st and every Wednesday in
1: June. Came to win, to fight to conquer to thrive I came to win to survive to prosper to rise to fly This is Letty Bozard and this is a reminder that you are fierce I came to win to fight to conquer to thrive, came to win, to survive,
0: to prosper, to rise, to fly. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Youngs and you're listening to the She is Fierce show presented by Bozard Ford Lincoln. We are back with Letty Bozard and Letty, This is our last segment, and it's the time when I usually ask our guests for their advice on a variety of different things. So I want to ask you a question first that I think may be hard, but I'm going to ask you to do it. So um, you're Southern, right? You're from the South. And one thing we all know about Southern women is that we all have an opinion about everything. But we try to be polite and keep it to ourselves, <laughs> at, least, at least in public. Now, is there any advice that you wish that you could tell other professional women that you're meeting all the time as you're going out into the community and getting involved and that you usually don't share because you're too polite? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have I, a lot of these.
1: I feel like most people would answer, no, she doesn't, because she kind of, you know, lets it ride and sometimes <laughs> regrets what comes out of my mouth. I... Um, I, no, the answer is no. No. I, no, I feel like I pretty well maybe to a fall. I, mm-hmm. That actually it's funny that you asked that question. It's actually something that in the last year or two I'm kind of working on reining in a little bit. <laughs> so, I might not be one of the ones that is suited to answer mm-hmm. that from the direction that you're coming. Yeah. Um so maybe I can talk about that topic though for a second yeah, to yeah. maybe tell the, us. the well, folks that are, the advice that, that you do yeah. offer. So the folks that are like me not. that maybe um you know, I don't see. You know, I am very grateful and and flattered by the comments that I receive when mm-hmm. I speak and and go and in, out into the community, especially the Women's Wednesday thing because I love it so much and I'm very flattered by it. But I don't see myself as in a, from a speaking standpoint mm-hmm. put together. And you know, I I feel like I always blurt out. You know, <laughs> like stuff that maybe is borderline inappropriate or not placed well in this, you know in my piece of my speech or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. So um, it, it's kind of something that I've been working on, not just in in public speaking, but just in communications, mm-hmm. whether it's work communications, personal relationship communications. Um, you know, I need to be a better listener and less opinionated <laughs> um, and probably less, you know, less likely to blurt out my opinion. But, um, you know, I, I think from the from the standpoint of speaking to other people or sharing your story whether it's one-on-one with a, in a networking situation mm-hmm. or having lunch with someone all the way to a speaking engagement I just think that you find your own way to be genuine and, and be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that we need to be afraid to share our stories. I don't think that we need to to try necessarily to hold back. People like me probably need to <laughs> try to maintain their language and you know emotional level or something like that but <laughs> um, but that I think it's along the same lines. Yeah. So it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to just be yourself. Yeah. I think that's great
0: advice. Well, what advice have you been given um, from anybody from, you know, professional colleague from someone in your family, that's something that you've really taken to heart and, and have lived out in your life.
1: I had three grandmothers. So I had, I have a stepdad and so I was very close with his mother as well. So I'm like the lucky kid that had, you know, three sets of grandparents and two dads, you know, in the greatest situation ever, in my opinion. Um, and so I had three very strong-willed, level-headed, independent grandmothers in my life. So sometimes I actually will use that as an excuse. I'm like, I can't help but be loud-mouthed and opinionated. <laughs> they all gave it to me. Because, yeah, I didn't. Um, and, and I think probably lots of the best advice and, and direction I got from the three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a—and I've failed probably more than I've succeeded, but I never stopped trying— <laughs> Um, to kind of go in that direction. But all three of them were examples of, in very different ways, of balance Mm -hmm. and balancing family and work. Um, One was a completely stay-at-home mom-grandmother. One was a um, single mom, Mm -hmm. hardworking single mom, drove a school bus until she was like 79 years old. Um, And then um, my grandmother of the set of grandparents that started the dealership. Mm -hmm. She worked, you know, at the dealership in a, in an administrative role. So, so, and also, you know, I had all these different examples and over the years, I I don't know that I necessarily have independent conversations that come to mind, but all three of them, even though all the scenarios of their lives were very different, Mm -hmm. they all pushed me and taught me about maintaining who you are, Mm -hmm. maintaining who you are, being okay with who you are, being okay with where you are, um, being honest with yourself, being honest with others, all of those types of things. And I think a lot of times, whether it's being a mom, being a business person, just being a human being for that matter, we get so far away from the basics. Yeah, We get really far from the basics. I was just going to say that's like the most important, critical. and, And we kind of, we get so far away from the basics. And then we have all of these quotes and things that try to bring us back to, you know, just believe in yourself. Well, Fact of the matter is you just need to believe in yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and and be okay with who you are and choose a direction and go in that direction. And you know what? If you have to change directions along the way, that's okay. But to one of the biggest things that I learned from my grandmother that worked in the car dealership was that it was better to choose a direction and have to change directions. Mm -hmm. And whether it was because you made a mistake or because you just found the new path um, to go in a direction and change directions. Than to never go in go in a direction at all. Yeah. So I would say the three of them probably are the you know the bulk of the advice or kind yeah, of yeah. where I learned that the best the best piece of business advice I ever got. Um, and it ties into me, and the, I'll speak to the people that are like me that maybe are a little more hot headed, <laughs> a little a little opinionated, and all of that. So um, anytime you get upset or angry or or whatever, mm-hmm. that you should write it all down. Write that letter. Write that email. Sit there and write that fourteen page, text message, get it all out in writing and then delete it and never send it. Um, so a lot of times in business, we're so reactive and we cause more work for ourselves. We cause Mm -hmm. more heartache for ourselves. We cause more decision making that we have to make. Um, because some of us very type a, you know, assertive folks, those are your successful, a lot of times very successful business people. Um, but what comes along with being assertive in time bay is a lot of opinion and a lot of emotion and and you know we're highly charged and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so um that's a good piece of business advice i've always taken and i do it i will sit down if i'm mad at a process at a person <laughs> at a whatever you know and if i think i'm right because a lot of times i think i'm right but I don't necessarily need to go prove that I'm mm-hmm. right, but I still think I'm right. Yep. I'm writing that email and then I get it all out and I reread it and I proofread it and I make sure it's right. <laughs> and then I delete it. <laughs> I love it. I'm going
0: to try that. I've heard that advice before, but you know, now I think now as, as you know, the business grows, I've had some examples where I probably <laughs> should have done that. Well, I want to ask you just before we go, is there any last, you know, words of wisdom or anything that you want to share with the women or men who are listening Um, that is just the last piece of advice or a last, you know, little bit of wisdom that you have to share.
1: I would say the only thing I have to share is to go get involved in something, go find something outside of your life, outside of your bubble that drives you in some way, whether it makes you more grateful, whether it makes you more tired for that Mm -hmm. matter, you know, whether it makes you feel more fulfilled. Um, whether it makes you feel good about yourself because you did something for others. Uh, you know, there's lots of reasons to go and get involved in things. Um, go find something. Go find something to get involved in that's outside of you because that's what ties back into a lot of the stuff that I said. Staying busy, um, not sweating the small stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, perspective makes it super easy to not sweat the small stuff. If you don't have any perspective outside of your little bubble, yeah. then that crying kid is hands down the worst thing that happened today. But... The real deal is that crying kid isn't the worst thing that happened today. Mm-hmm. That you're tr- You know, that your baby cried all day. Yeah. So all of us moms have been there. That baby cried all day, you know, <laughs> and that was the worst day. No, it wasn't. There's a lot of worse days out yeah, there than a yeah. day with a crying baby, you know. Um, or the business deal that I didn't go through is, you know, the worst thing ever. That kind of stuff is minimized when you have outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's easier to not sweat the small stuff. Being grateful, you know, for what you have is... Easier when you're seeing what others have and don't yeah, have. You know when yeah. you're seeing outside perspective, and it just keeps you busy. I yeah. don't you know, get you away from that idle time thing where we have a chance to spend a lot of time comparing ourselves or sweating the small stuff. You know. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it and. You know, I think that's such good advice for all of us to take away because it is it's like stay busy, but stay busy with things that are meaningful to you. Stay busy with the things that give you perspective.
1: Make sure it's fueling you. Yeah. It's fueling you somehow. And sometimes it can be fueling others. And that's what ends up fueling you. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I have had more fun and felt more charged in the last year of us turning our direction toward getting our employees to go out and be passionate about Mm -hmm. things than I ever did from me going out and being passionate about things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And... Because you're spreading that love. You're spreading it further. You're you're seeing an impact. You're seeing, you know, just something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. You're seeing something bigger than yourself. So... It's a wonderful way to end. (laughs) So thank you so much, Letty, for joining us today.
0: It has been uh, really fun to talk to you and I feel like I know you better from the conversation, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm so excited to... Be at Women's Wednesdays with you to make this happen. Now, if you are listening and you are in North Florida or within traveling distance, you definitely want to join me and Letty in a packed out room of women at the gorgeous Treasury on the Plaza in downtown St. Augustine. You'll get to meet Letty in person. You'll have a chance to hear our incredible speakers this year, Sabine Parawise, Lisa Brennickmeyer, Kristen Keene, Shannon Miller, and Melanie Lawson. You can get tickets to join us this May 31st and every Wednesday in June at womenswednesdays.com. And find out more about becoming a member of She is Fierce at sheisfiercehq.com forward slash join. Join Letty and me and women in eight countries around the world who are up-leveling their lives right now.